Hi there. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Taste with Sherry, where we're saving the earth one flavor at a time by gathering community to share wisdom around the natural connections between our innate sense of taste and flavors that are grown in healthy, regenerative soils. Welcome. Hey there, Sherry Hess with The Flavor Remedy. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Let's Talk Taste with Sherry, saving the earth one flavor at a time. All right, in case you forgot by now, the way we save the earth is to trust our taste buds. It's really that simple. And I know that I've talked to you guys many times about the importance of how flavor and nutrients should match. Now, I ingeniously came up with this theory all on my own, probably three years ago, when I wrote my very first little chapter in a book series called Ready to Fly. And I was like, well, why do we have our taste buds anyway? And I started thinking, well, they have to be informing us. They have to be telling us something. And yet when you ask people, do you trust your taste buds? They're like, are you crazy? Because in in our minds, we think if we trust our taste buds, we're just going to sit around eating potato chips and cake all day because salty and sweet things are the things that we believe are the only things that taste good, right? So here we are. This is the solution. This is the whole damn thing. I just finished reading a book called The End of Craving where Mark Schatzker, look at this book. I, 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 if you're listening to the podcast, I'm showing a book that has like 5,000 post-it notes and red lines everywhere. And this is exactly what his first book looked like to me, The Dorito Effect. This book basically just put a term to what I have been saying for three years. And I don't know how I didn't come up with this term on my own, but so the term is that he talks about is nutritive mismatch. And what that is, is basically what every packaged food in the world is doing to us right now. And that is that there's flavors being added to things that are created to appeal to us based on the, I'm going to call very 100 level scientific studies that have been done around our sense of taste, because It really hasn't been studied in a really in-depth way. Um, So what it's doing is manipulating our taste buds to experience one flavor, but the nutrients behind it are completely different. And the classic example of this that I've talked about many times as well is artificial sweeteners. So artificial sweeteners are everywhere now. I don't even think you can buy a can of regular Coke or regular sodas in our world right now without there being some kind of reduced calorie, calorie free level of sweetener in it. So what the nutrient mismatch is, is we're experiencing a flavor on our tongues that isn't computing with our brains as being the energetics that our bodies require, or that our bodies are recognizing that flavor as. And the term is nutritive mismatch, nutritive mismatch. Like it's brilliant. It's a brilliant way to look at what you're eating. Does what you're eating actually taste 
like what you're consuming, if we could make that a priority, if we could make that a focus, I'm telling you, your body would change, your mood would change, everything about what you're feeding your body would completely change. And you wouldn't even have to think about it. And here's the beauty of it. This is the other thing that the book talks about is it's actually pleasurable. When there's a correlation between flavor and nutrients, the brain says, yes, yes, this tastes good. And I won't go into all this. We're probably going to do multiple episodes on this book because there's so much juiciness in it and maybe even get Mark Schatzker on the show. But what I want to talk about is is this idea of nutritive mismatch and this dilemma that we're in as a society. Because (laughs) I just picked up the book and said to someone, read this book, you'll never eat another packaged food again, right? But we're in this world, right? We are living in a world that is chaotic, that is stressful, that is... um, we've convinced ourselves that productivity is the only way we have self-worth. So we're in this place where we're just doing, 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 and packaged food really has become almost a survival mechanism. So this is what I want to talk about today. This is just a small segment of how you can use this idea of nutritive mismatch and, and start your journey around finding more living flavors, okay? And this is, it, it, so I'm gonna just point things out in packaged foods, right? So packaged foods run the gamut, right? So you have things all over the place. You have everything from, um, I don't know, like drink mixes, right? To, and that could be a protein shake, that could be a diet shake, that could be something that's supposed to be good for us, or it could be complete bullshit artificial sweetener that you put in your water because you don't think you like the taste of water. <laughs> like there's, or it can be, you know, a packaged burger or a packaged meal or a packaged whatever. So please, please, please. And this kind of goes back to Michael Pollan when he wrote, um, Oh, the name of the book is escaping me at the moment, but it's a very simple what to eat, what not to eat. And that's the rules. It's food rules. That's the name of his book. <laughs> food rules. Um, just to give you ideas of what to eat. And basically it's like, if your grandmother wouldn't recognize the ingredient, don't eat it. That's a simple way to put it. If it's not real food, if it's not something that you recognize as flavor, then it's, it's a red flag. And, and now um, like food companies are getting very clever with, they'll put a word there, that's a weird word, but then they'll put in parentheses, whoa, preservative or um, acidifier or, right? They'll, they'll put a little explanation as to what it's doing for you, how, why it's so good for you, right? Or why it needs to be in the package. And believe me, there's a whole food science side of this that I understand as well as a product developer you know, you have to have certain levels of water and all the things that contribute to pathogens in your food when you're creating packaged foods, um, almost create this, I wanna say demand, but I don't know if it's really a demand. It's an easy way to make your food more food safe. So classic examples, citric acid. 
citric acid is one of those ingredients that people go, oh, this is just a little squeeze of orange. No, citric acid is a chemical compound that typically, if you see it as an ingredient, is being extracted from genetically modified corn. Most of the time, that's what you're getting. So citric acid is one of those ingredients. Um, maltodextrin. Maltodextrin is basically just empty calories. Um, and it's serving a purpose in the ingredient. It might be adding texture. It might be adding, you know, something to it. Um, there's all these fake fats that are not even fat. Like there's, they're creating ingredients that are recreating the feeling of fat in your mouth, but it's not even fat. These are the exam examples of some of the things that you want to avoid, but let me give you some examples of things to look for and, and flavors that you can trust. You know, another classic example, especially when you think about citric acid is what's really popular right now are like these seltzer drinks, right? They're calorie free with this essence of flavor. And it's really just affecting your nose. Like we've had these conversations before how, you know, aromatics are part of the flavor experience. So, you know, when you're tasting that grapefruit, you know, unsweetened seltzer, you're really not tasting anything. It's just going to your nose, right? So that's a whole nother conversation, but there's starting to be some really cool examples in the drink world of flavors that are actually coming from plants, plants. So I think it's probably pretty easy for us to look at an ingredient list and be like, I don't know what that is and question it if you're willing to go there. But the other thing you can do is look for the products that actually have real ingredients on them. So um, Sunwink is one of the brands of flavors that I know is a drink that they're using real herbs. So if you have this sour taste in your mouth, you look at the ingredients, there should be lemon juice or lime juice or a sour type flavoring. Like if it was a spice, it would be like a sumac, right? Look for those ingredients that you know correspond with the, the experience you're having. If, if there's a sweetness, right? If there's a sweetness to it, what are they sweetening it with? I mean, a lot of people have, and this is kind of going by the wayside too, but like high fructose corn syrup was getting big red flags for a long time, right? Because that's a manufactured sweetness. And like, would you really, if you were going to make an ingredient and you were going to wanted it to, or make a, a recipe and you wanted it to be sweet, would corn be the first thing you thought of to put in it to make it sweet? No, like, <laughs> so maple syrup and um, honey, these are things that, you know, come straight from nature, sweet right out of the, right out of the tree, right out of the hive. And these are the things that are more complex in sweetness and they're giving you that nutritive balance, right? So understanding that we're not really necessarily living our lives in a way that allows us, we can't all live on farms, we can't all grow our own food, we've got apartments, we're living in condos, we're living in cities, we're living in places where it's not always easy to have access to whole foods all the times, let alone the time to cook it. These can be goals, hashtag goals. <laughs> but for now, I just want to kind of give you a, a segue, a way to be able to approach packaged foods so that you're not feeling like you're totally screwing up 
everything you're eating because this is this is where we are and and um make it a priority to read your ingredients make it a priority to understand the flavors that you're experiencing and read the correlation understand the correlation if you're eating something that's meat that's savory that's umami make sure you're looking for all the ingredients in there make sure you're looking for stuff that's coming from actual animals or plants that you know have protein in them and not something like here's another example just what i just said plants with protein if it says soy and it's straight up soybeans that's a plant with protein if it says soy and it's soy isolate it's it's, it's not it's plant based it's not the plant it's a it's an extraction of a plant that is not giving you the full nutritive balance that would be a nutritive mismatch because the flavor of a soy isolate go ahead go down to the food lab and taste soy isolate and see what kind of flavor you get and then you're going to look and see five thousand more ingredients on it and be like what is heme what is whatever is the new latest and greatest form of umami flavoring and i'm telling you your brain knows your brain is smart. Our bodies are so flipping smart and they're adjusting. Our bodies are adjusting to this, this nutritive mismatch and it's making us sick. And we think we're doing the right thing because marketing is telling us that it's some environmental impact that we're making. And I promise you, I promise you, it is not what we're being told. And our bodies know. So trust your taste buds. Make your taste buds a priority. Make sure there's no nutritive mismatch in your packaging. And it'll be a beautiful, beautiful way to start trusting your taste buds more.